NBC Radio Sports. Hi, I'm Adam Gold. Super Bowl 27 came out like many of the past nine title games, an NFC blowout. Dallas routed Buffalo 52-17, and George McNeely provides the sounds from Pasadena. Troy Aikman's dazzling playoff precision peaked in Super Bowl 27 as the fourth-year quarterback threw for 273 yards and four touchdowns. And once again, Aikman riddled the playoff opponent without giving up an interception. But the game's MVP modestly shares the spotlight with deep threats Michael Irvin and Alvin Harper. Michael and Alvin, they do a great job when they've got one-on-one uh, isolation with the corners. They, they do that all year long, and, and there's not many guys who have been able to keep up with them. Like a movie cowboy discussing his last shootout, running back Emmett Smith said Dallas simply did what it had to do. No problem. We knew they were going to try to stop the run. Uh, we, we just wanted to accept every challenge that they gave us and try to uh, respond accordingly and positively, and uh, we was able to do that and uh, put points on the board, enough on the board to win what can you possibly say when you've just been hammered into your third straight Super Bowl loss? Bills wide receiver Don Beebe doesn't expect to be congratulated after yet another disappointment. A lot of things are going to be said that are going to be, you know, not very nice, but, uh, you know, we're deserving it. We've lost three in a row, and hopefully one of these years we can win one. Dallas linebacker Ken Norton Jr. always plays for fumbles and interceptions, but Sunday's record turnover bonanza was a dream come true. You never think about nine turnovers. You always think about a few turnovers to help uh, help win the game, but nine turnovers, that's a lot. So the Cowboys dominated in every phase of the game and right off into the sunset with a 52-17 victory in Super Bowl 27. George McNeely, Pasadena. Mutual Radio Sports, all this week from Miami for Super Bowl 29. Hi, I'm George McNeely. The 49ers and Chargers know each other very well. Both teams call California their home, and both met up in San Diego during the regular season back in December. San Francisco led from start to finish. After taking a 21-zip lead, the Niners cruised to a 38-15 victory, and even primetime got into the act with 32 seconds left in the ballgame. Humphreys the throw, looks to the near side this time, and the pass picked off. Deion Sanders, 30, 40, 50, all the way. See you later, Charlie. And Deion says he has no trouble with mutuals. Tony Roberts calling him Charlie, but don't call him intimidating. I don't try to intimidate nobody. I'm not an intimidator. I'm, I'm a performer. I'm a player. I'm an athlete. I'm an entertainer. I'm, I'm all of that. So I don't try to intimidate those guys. Those are some great receivers, man. I'm not taking nothing away from those guys. They're, they're good. I've said this since day one. And while he likes all the attention he's getting during Super Bowl week, Dion says come Sunday, it'll be all business. Maybe show business. They could watch the film and think twice. It's just like a checker game. He's going to make a move and I'm going to make a move. He's going to make a move I'm going to counter the move. But if you make the wrong move, you're going to get jumped. If you get jumped, you got to see me dance. Prime time, warming up his dancing shoes for Super Bowl 29. From Miami, I'm George McNeely, Mutual Radio Sports. What's the weirdest thing you've ever seen? 800-777-2000. Uses directed. At the Australian Open, top seed and defending champion Pete Sampras had a slow start but came back to beat fellow American Michael Chang and reached the final. The scores, 6-7-6-3-6-4-6-4. As for the ladies' semis, Graham Agars in Melbourne. Graham? Top seed, Arantxa Sanchez-Vicario, has won through to a women's final showdown with a fourth seed, Mary Pierce, here at the Australian Open. Both players advancing in straight sets. Pierce was the first through, reaching her first down under final.
with a very impressive 6-3, 6-1 victory over the Wimbledon champion Conchita Martinez. Sanchez Vicario reached her second consecutive final here, stopping the run of unseated Californian Marianne Werdel-Wittmeyer, 6-4, 6-1. The final is a rematch of last year's French Open finale. That was won by the Spaniard in straight set. Graham Agar is reporting from the Australian Open and from Super Bowl week in Miami. I'm George McNeely, Mutual Radio Sports. Good morning. I'm Jim Bohannon, Mutual News, and this is America in the Morning. It's Thursday, January 26th of 1995, and coming up on America in the Morning... The defense goes on the offensive. I'm Steve Futterman in Los Angeles. I'll report on the opening statement by the attorney for O.J. Simpson. The balanced budget amendment is at the heart of the Republican contract with America. I'm Bob Fuss on Capitol Hill, and I'll report it will be voted on in the House today. I'm George McNeely in Miami for Super Bowl week, and a tale of two Super Bowl quarterbacks is coming up. Also in this half hour, a check of the Bill Limmer weather. Some migrating moisture is in the forecast, and uh, wow, they could have charged admission for Wall Street yesterday. We'll have Jordan Goodman of Money Magazine, plus... If the Congress decides to make some changes in the way the corporation public broadcasting has worked, we'd be interested in being uh, a party to whatever might occur there. The privatizing of public broadcasting is also coming up this half hour on America in the Morning. This year's Super Bowl is a tale of two quarterbacks. They both want the same thing besides winning the big game. The Mutual's George McNeely reports, these guys want respect. By now, we all know about the monkey that Steve Young has shaken off his back. But for a long time, Young worked in Joe Montana's shadow before anyone even knew he was there. Steve says the experience was beneficial, up to a point. I was in the laboratory with Joe Montana every day. I mean, I don't know what better situation there could be. Um, uh, I mean, I can't imagine a, a better, you know, if I was going to run this system, how could you get a better tutor? You know, but there was a time where I felt like, okay, I got this down. Now can I can I try it? <laughs> and uh, that was tough, those, those years where I didn't get a chance to do that. But while Young has grown into a symbol of quarterbacking perfection, winning the MVP award in two of the last three years, Stan Humphreys will be the first to admit that his style is less than picture perfect. But if it's results that you want, Stan's the man. Not a lot of people is going to come out and videotape me and show it to high school quarterbacks and say, this is how you play quarterback. Uh, I'm just a guy that goes out there, enjoys playing the game, loves it, competes, and um, uh, wins. You get the feeling that come Sunday, Stan Humphreys will be more than willing to win ugly. After all, he's done it before. And did you hear who's jumped on the lightning bolt bandwagon? None other than Joe Montana, who says he's an AFC man now because he plays for Kansas City. George McNeely, Mutual Sports, Miami. Good morning. I'm Jim Bohannon, Mutual News, and this is America in the Morning. It's Friday, January 27th of 1995, and coming up on America in the Morning... A battle over witnesses and witness statements. I'm Steve Futterman in Los Angeles. I'll have the latest on the O.J. Simpson murder trial. Republicans in Congress scored a big victory last night. I'm Bob Fuss on Capitol Hill, and I'll report on the House passage of the balanced budget amendment. I'm George McNeely in Miami. Primetime set to shine in Super Bowl 29. The story's coming up. Also coming up, the weather could be a little bit on the substandard side. We'll check in with meteorologist Bill Limmer. As for Wall Street, Jordan Goodman of Money Magazine will have that story for us forthcoming. Uh, oh, uh, and... 
Hi, this is Merlin Olson, and you've reached the FTD Sensitivity Hotline. Lucky you. That and more coming up this half hour on America in the Morning. That's the nation's weather. I'm meteorologist Bill Lemmer. Now 23 past the hour. Primetime has been ready for the Super Bowl, he says, for years. But is the Super Bowl ready for primetime? Mutual's George McNeely is covering the big game in Miami. The Super Bowl is the NFL's premier showcase. It's a growing international event. And it's a ready-made stage for the sport's flashiest performer, Deion Sanders. But the spotlight here in Miami is so bright, the moment so huge, that even primetime seems slightly humbled, awestruck, like a happy kid who can't believe his eyes. It's, it's wonderful, man. I wish I could duplicate this feeling to a lot of other guys who never got the opportunity to reach a Super Bowl. This is a great feeling, and it's going to be a great achievement when that last second ticks off the clock. But Dion isn't the only one who's thrilled that primetime's finally made it to the big dance. San Diego whiteout Sean Jefferson can't believe he gets to face Neon Dion head-to-head in front of a worldwide audience in Super Bowl 29. His reaction? Wow. Playing against a guy like that, you know, it, just, it, it, gives you, it gives you chill. It makes your hair stand up on your head. I mean, you're going up against the best cornerback in the NFL. You know, everybody from all reports, they say he's the best cornerback in the NFL. And little old me, you know, I have a chance to go out there and prove that, that I belong on the same field as, uh, that he plays on. And, and um, I definitely want to go out and, and prove that, you know, that I can, I can certainly play with the big boys. But while Sean may be able to stay on the same field with the big boys, the question remains, for how long? George McNeely, Mutual Sports, Miami. The time is 25 minutes past the hour, and we'll return on America in the Morning with Mr. Sensitivity after these messages. Mutual Radio Sports, I'm John Todgers. Welcome to Semi-Super Saturday, the day before Super Sunday, when the 49ers and Chargers finally settle the issue of who's number one on the field. Niners look for their fifth Super Bowl title and also look to keep the NFC's dominance going. Mutual's George McNeely checks in from Miami. John, parity has long been a cherished goal for the NFL. It's almost like a democratic process. This year, San Diego has been elected to represent the AFC. But it's more like a monarchy in the NFC. San Francisco's Jerry Rice says he and his teammates are just trying to live up to their royal ancestry. Tradition started a long time ago, and now it's up to uh, to uh, to every group that comes in to carry that tradition on. Because when Dwight Clark left, you know, I felt like I had to carry the tradition on, and John Taylor, he felt the same way. So now it's up to uh, those guys that are really going to follow us. The guys that follow Rice and company will have a tough act to follow, especially if the Niners capture their fifth Super Bowl title this Sunday. Covering Super Bowl week in Miami, I'm George McNeely. All right, George, five names will be added to the Pro Football Hall of Fame list this summer. Leading the way, former Seahawks receiver Steve Largent, who's now a member of Congress. One of the things that I always strive to be is the, the consummate team player and recognize that... Uh, the, the whole is much bigger than the sum of its parts. Leroy Selman, Kellen Wynn. 
Mutual Radio Sports. I'm John Todges. Coming up to T-minus one hour for Super Bowl XXIX, the official kickoff, 618 Eastern. Mutual's George McNeely is at Joe Robbie Stadium. And, George, the 49ers are the overwhelming favorites. We know what the Chargers are going to have to do to stay in this game today. John, conventional wisdom dictates that San Diego's best shot, if they have one at all, is to hand the ball to Natron Means and let him run, run, run. But don't think for a minute that George Seifert doesn't have his defense ready for that. All right, the Chargers have been known as a second-half team. They've come from behind against the Dolphins, against the Steelers. They better not count on rallying today, though. Look, Super Bowl champions don't fall behind like San Diego did in 15 of 18 games. An NFL championship team capitalizes on every opportunity, scores early and often just like the 49ers did, winning 38-15 to in San Diego back in December. All right, incentive for the 49ers going for their fifth Super Bowl title today. San Francisco, favored by a whopping three-plus touchdowns, can do something no other NFL franchise has ever done, and that's win five Super Bowls. And they've got the weapons to do it, and do it big. Okay, the 49ers, of course, Jerry Rice, their star receiver, caught something before the game even started. A bit of the flu bug, I understand. Yes, we have learned that Jerry Rice was suffering from some type of flu-like symptoms, but he will be suited up, and he will be playing in his third Super Bowl. And I'm going to let you play prognosticator. John Carney kicks a couple of field goals. San Francisco scores four or five touchdowns. I'm figuring 42 to 9. 49ers. We shall write that down. Mutuals George McNeely at Super Bowl 29. Couple of finals from the NBA this afternoon. The Knicks broke the Suns' seven-game winning streak, 107 to 88. Patrick Ewing with 35 points, and the Bulls clobber the Warriors, 116 to 94. Scottie Pippen a big game, 27 points, 11 rebounds, and eight assists. I'm John Totchis, Mutual Radio Sports. <laughs> Good morning, I'm Becky Bailey, Mutual News, sitting in for Jim Bohannon, and this is America in the Morning. It's Monday, January 30th, 1995, and coming up on America in the Morning... The team of the 80s and beyond, San Francisco wins big in the Super Bowl. I'm George McNeely in Miami, the story is coming up. Trying to decide when the trial will resume. I'm Steve Futterman in Los Angeles. I'll have the latest on the O.J. Simpson murder case. It's being called the biggest trial involving terrorism ever held in this country. I'm Carol Simmer, and I'll have the story. We'll look at business. Bill Limmer will give us the lowdown on the weather, and... I've got a picture of me, and I have, from what I'm told by my friends, a, a, a charming but slightly frustrated look on my face, and it says, I'm tired of being single. I'm Jim Bohannon, about to introduce you to Julie Hall. It's all ahead this half hour on America in the Morning. seven past the hour. San Francisco fans didn't mind that it was not an edge-of-your-seat Super Bowl as the 49ers crushed the San Diego Chargers 49-26. to We caught up with a 49ers fan, Patrick Mulligan, who's thrilled they're the only team to win five Super Bowls. It's amazing. Hey, it's a record. You know, most Super Bowls in NFL history. I'm at a loss for words. Spectacular. And Mutual's George McNeely is in Miami covering the contest that was no contest. Super Bowl 29 had been a foregone conclusion to the experts and oddsmakers, but it was still huge for the 49ers. On the heels of overcoming their Dallas jinx, San Francisco exploded on the San Diego Chargers, capturing a record fifth Super Bowl ring as they steamrolled the Chargers 49-26. Not only did the Niners come up big as a team, 
but their leaders had career nights as well. Already the league's MVP, an astonished Steve Young rose to even greater heights. It's unbelievable to be in a big game like this and, uh, and to play that way. Maybe my best game of all time. Young threw a Super Bowl record six touchdowns and was the game's leading rusher. Held in check as a runner, Ricky Waters broke loose as a receiver, snagging two touchdown passes in the first half before finally dashing in from the nine in the third quarter. Waters says his performance was part of the 49ers' season-long mission. This was the game we had to get. If you want to go down to history as one of the best teams, one of the best players, stuff like that, you have to play big in the big game. The Chargers' defense was gutsy, but overwhelmed by a tidal wave of San Francisco talent. San Diego linebacker Junior Seau admitted the obvious. You know, the defense, it starts with me, and I, I, got, I had to go out there and do what I had to do, and uh, it wasn't enough. Perhaps Junior is being too harsh on himself. One of the greatest offenses of all time rose to the occasion as San Francisco rolled over San Diego 49-26 in Super Bowl Twenty Nine. From Joe Robbie Stadium in Miami, George McNeely, Mutual Sports. Well, President Clinton did not get to see the Super Bowl, but he did take time out from a black tie dinner at the White House to call San Francisco owner Edward DiBartolo. The whole season was thrilling for all of us, and I think the best thing I could say about the 49ers is I haven't met a single fan anywhere in America who resents all the success you've NBC Radio Sports, this morning from Miami for Super Bowl XXIX. Hi, I'm George McNeely. The game was a foregone conclusion to the experts and oddsmakers, but it was still huge for the 49ers. On the heels of overcoming their Dallas jinx, San Francisco exploded on the San Diego Chargers, capturing a record fifth Super Bowl ring as they steamrolled the Chargers 49-26. Not only did the Niners come up big as a team, but their leaders had career nights as well. Already the league's MVP, an astonished Steve Young rose to even greater heights. It's unbelievable to be in a big game like this and, uh, and to play that way. Maybe my best game of all time. Young threw for a Super Bowl record six touchdowns and was the game's leading rusher. Held in check as a runner, Ricky Waters broke loose as a receiver, snagging two touchdown passes in the first half before finally dashing in from the nine in the third quarter. Waters said his performance was part of the 49ers' season-long mission. This was the game we had to get. If you want to go down to history as one of the best teams, one of the best players, stuff like that, you have to play big in the big game. The Chargers' defense was gutsy, but overwhelmed by a tidal wave of San Francisco talent. San Diego linebacker Junior Seau admitted the obvious. You know, the defense, it starts with me, and I, I, got, I had to go out there and do what I had to do, and uh, it wasn't enough. Perhaps Junior is being too harsh on himself. One of the greatest offenses of all time rose to the occasion as San Francisco rolls over San Diego 49-26 in Super Bowl Twenty Nine. From Joe Robbie Stadium in Miami, George McNeely, NBC Radio Sports.